Stone and Tile Show is proud to be sponsored by the National Tile Contractors Association. The NTCA is a leading trade association in the tile and stone industry dedicated to professional installation of ceramic tile and natural stone. With more than 1,500 members representing thousands of installers, NTCA works hard to be a strong voice for proper installation and qualified labor. The association invests in a professional staff to provide technical support and assistance and offers free educational seminars and regional training opportunities around the country. To learn more about what the NTCA can offer for you or your business, go to the website www.tile-assn.com. That's www.tile-assn.com. Good evening, folks, and welcome to the Stone and Tile Show. I am your host, Fred Houston, and right now I am live, but in a few minutes I'm going to going to replay uh, a show that I did a while ago, which uh, got a lot of hits and a lot of good comments. I'm going to replay that again, but before I do, uh, my phone's been kind of ringing off the hook today with people inquiring about the uh, Stone and Tile inspection and troubleshooting class I have coming up in Las Vegas on February 7th and 10th. Um, the class is almost full. Uh, I've got a couple of spots left, so if you want to get into that, I need you to register ASAP like uh, today or tomorrow if you can. Uh, I didn't expect to get this many people interested in it, but again, it's going to be February 7th through the 10th, uh, and that is next year. It's going to be held in Las Vegas. That is a week after uh, the Stone Show out there. I decided to go a week after this year and not during to give people time to attend the show. Plus, I have a few people attending that also uh, exhibit at the show. So this gives them the opportunity uh, to go as well. So anyway, again, send me an email, fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N, at gmail.com, or give me a call. My cell phone is 321 321- Five one four six eight four five. All right, I'm going to go ahead and replay uh, the show that I did a while ago, and this shows on the, uh, the, the. I guess you could call it the history of stonemaking. It talks about the pyramids and some of the tools that they used or proposed tools that they used. And as I said, I got a lot of really good response on that. So when this is over, I'm going to come back. Uh, if you want to call me, I'll be live again after this airs or after this is played, I should say, not airs, and uh, can take your questions if, if you happen to have any. So here we go, folks. Good evening, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Stone and Tile Show. I am your host, Fred Houston. And uh, okay, folks, I've got a really, really interesting topic that we're going to discuss tonight, something that I've been uh, researching over uh, for a little bit of time. And I actually spent uh, a whole day the other day looking at some YouTube videos. So if you've seen my Facebook post, uh, you've seen uh, some of the photographs that I've posted there. Also, I am doing this live on Facebook. So uh, folks that are out there that uh, want to go over and actually see me and uh, see this ugly face <laughs> and, and watch me do the show. Uh, you can hop on over to my Facebook page. It's uh, just go to Facebook, type in Stone Forensics, and there should be a live feed in there, uh, feed in there somewhere. So this is this is a first for our show. As I had mentioned on previous shows, we are approaching 100 shows. I think I'm like four or five shows uh, shows away. So anyway, what I did uh, for this show, preparing for the show, as I had mentioned, is I, I've been watching a lot of these videos on ancient stone technology and that in other words everybody's heard of the pyramids everybody knows about the pyramids and how that's a big mystery and whether you believe aliens built them or some kind of 
you know, there's all kinds of theories for, for the actual pyramids themselves. We're not really going to discuss that. What interests me more than that is some of the artifacts and some of the structures inside the pyramids that are extremely, extremely interesting. So if you're on Facebook and you're watching me on Facebook, feel free to comment and uh, ask any question you want in there. I'm not an expert on this topic, but it does interest me. And I've written three pages, three whole pages of uh, of notes here on some of the things I found extremely interesting uh, when it comes to <coughs> some of these things. The first thing I want to mention is that there are some large boxes of, you know, coffins, if you will. Like, what do they call them? Uh, sar- sar- sarcophaguses, I think they call them. And some of these are extremely large. And when I say extremely large, there are some of them are as, are as big as 30 feet with lids and everything, all carved out of a solid block of granite. Talking soapstone here. We're not talking marble. We're not talking a soft stone. These are carved out of granite. And the belief is that these things were carved prior to what they call the Egyptian uh, dynastic periods, which, you know, to give you a little bit of background here, the dynastic period, when they believe the pyramids were built, were somewhere around, let me see what I have here, 2920 to 2575 BC before Christ. So that's a long time ago. But because of what they found in these pyramids, uh, for example, this box, I'm going to show you a photo of this box here in a minute if you're on Facebook. Obviously, if you're listening to me on the on the blog, you're not going to be able to see that. But um, these things were carved out of a solid block of granite, some of them being 30 feet, but the angles on them are perfect. I mean, perfect to uh, that, that we could barely achieve with CNC technology today. I mean, accurate within, I think I wrote down, with 120th of, a, of an inch. If you look inside these boxes, these boxes uh, inside where, where, the, where the sides meet. Now, remember, this is all carved out of one piece. This isn't like two pieces put, put together. It's incredibly accurate. I mean, just incredibly accurate. The outside of some of these boxes are highly polished. I mean, polished to a mirror finish. And you guys that do granite restoration uh, know how difficult that can be with our modern tools and modern technology. Can you imagine what it was like then? A lot of these artifacts that you're, I'm, I'm going to talk about, they believe pre, were actually before the, build, uh, be, uh, before the building of the pyramids and that these boxes were actually uh, built way before something like almost 12,000 years ago. As a matter of fact, those of you familiar with Stonehenge, uh, there's, there's some recent uh, uh, scientists out there that believe Stonehenge is actually older than it actually is believed to be. In other words, somewhere around 12,000 years old. Now, to give you some kind of perspective of how old that is, that was before the wheel was invented. Uh, that's before any kind of turntables were invented. Uh, so there's a lot that we didn't know 12,000 years ago, yet they had the technology to be able to construct and build some of these things. And let me just hold up, you know, for those of you that are on Facebook and are watching me, if you, I'm going to hold up a photograph here. And this is a photograph of a, of a sarcophagus or, or a box. So I was talking about these perfect angles. You see these perfect angles here? This is granite or basalt, highly polished. This one here, I forget how big they said this one was, but some of these are almost 30 feet and we're talking large blocks. And what's interesting about this is these things are found underground, down deep where it's pitch black. I mean, just pitch black. 
And what's interesting is they found no, and I'm, I'm jumping, I'm sorry, folks, I'm jumping ahead of myself here and because uh, uh, I got a lot of facts that I want to kind of explode out there with. But uh, one of the things was lighting. You know, how did they light the inside of these, these dark tunnels that some of them go down hundreds of feet into the ground under these pyramids? And, and they've got these large boxes that weigh hundreds of tons that were moved there. And remember, they believe they were moved there before the invention of the wheel. So you tell me how they were moved moved in there. It's a mystery. I and mean, this whole thing is a mystery. Now, there's always two sides of the story, especially when it comes to scientific facts like this. But I just find it real interesting that no one's really come up with a solid answer. Now, if you look at some of the stones and some of these and some of these pyramids and outside these pyramids, you can actually see circular saw marks similar to what we see now on the back of a tile. You see those circular saw marks and they've you know done some measurements to determine what the diameter of these these saw blades should be and some of them are upwards of 30 feet in diameter i mean that's a big that's a saw that's a big saw blade for today they they, they exist but you can imagine we're talking 12,000 years ago a real real long long time ago so it's really interesting and if you stay tuned i'm going to give you some uh some information on some books and some uh videos that you need to check out on uh on on youtube if you want to see some of this stuff but it's just it's fascinating. If it really interests you, you do like I did and sit on YouTube and watch one and end up watching them all day long and just the different theories of, of you know, how these things were, were constructed. So actually diamond saw blades and diamond tools were believed to existed as far as 12,000 12, years ago. You know, assuming you don't believe in the alien, uh, alien theory, uh, you know, perfect straight cuts, circular patterns on the outside. But what I found real interesting was they found numerous core holes. And I'm going to show you a photograph again if you're watching on Facebook or watching this a little bit later on Facebook. This is a photograph I got off the, uh, off the Internet, and I've also posted this on my Facebook page. And you can see this one here is drilled with our modern-day diamond core bits. And you can see it's, it's pretty good, but look at this one here. This hole was believed to be drilled 12,000 years ago. And, you know, did they do this with rocks just pounding on them? I, I doubt it. I doubt it very much. So there had to be some advanced technology that existed. Now, what's interesting about these core holes, if you look at our core bits today, they drill a core bit that has the same diameter from the top to the bottom. A lot of these core holes that were drilled back in, back in that time actually start out wide and they taper down. So, I mean, none of our drill bits can do that today. Our core, our core bits, I should say, should do that today. So it's, it's just interesting. Some of the other things they found was scoop marks, these, these scoop marks that occurred that, uh, you know, scientists, archaeologists have gone in and tried to reproduce some of these, you know, some of these core holes, some of these scoop marks uh, with, with stone tools, tools that the Egyptians may have had. Now, during the Egyptian period, you know, about 2500 B.C., they did have copper tooling, but that's the only copper and bronze, I think, is the only tooling they had. And as you all know, that working stone, that's a very soft metal. And there's no way that's going to uh, going to cut through some of this some of this hard granite. So it, it's really it's really interesting. Um, let me go through my notes here and see what, we, what else we have here. And, and by the way, if anybody wants to comment on any of this or has some interesting facts to share, especially if we have any archaeologists listening in the audience, it'll be really interesting to hear hear your side of it. The telephone number, the call-in number is 
8703968 that's 3238703968 and of course if you're on Facebook you can always comment in the comment uh picture picture below there and uh and, and ask a question I don't know if I'll know the answer I, again I'm not an archaeologist uh I'm only going by uh what I've seen as of this new hobby of mine looking into some of the ancient ancient stonework but anyway, there are, uh, in, in addition to what I've just mentioned, there are what we call obelisks, these really tall things similar to what you're familiar with would be the, the uh, Washington Monument in Washington, D.C. That's an obelisk. But some of these obelisks weighed over a thousand tons, all made with one piece, by the way. The Washington Monument is not made with one in one piece, but these were one piece, some of them going, some of them estimating to be almost 100 feet high. And what's interesting about all this, and I didn't mention this in the very beginning, what's really interesting is that the granite that was used to make these boxes that I talked about to make the uh, uh, this obelisk and everything were brought 500 miles away from the site. So you tell me if this was done 12,000 years ago without the invention of the wheel, how in the hell did they get those massive blocks moved from the quarry, which they've, they've discovered the quarry, they know where the, the granite came from, and moved to Egypt. It, it's just incredible. Now, also, if, if you look at the other side of the, uh, of the world, in Peru, uh, South America, Central America, there's the same sort of thing happening. You know, you've heard of uh, Machu Picchu and, and some of those areas as well, some real puzzling things as to how they constructed not only the pyramids, but to how they produced the uh, uh, these these artifacts or these sarcophagus, these coffins, these boxes, uh, if you will. So we got the obelisk. So, and they have one in, in a quarry, and I can't remember the name of the town outside of Egypt, several hundred miles away from Egypt, that was being built. That's almost a hundred feet, and it looks like they were just going to extract it out of the ground. Now it's laying horizontal. How in the world would they back then? Today, with our equipment, it would be very possible. To lift that up to the you know vertical position from the horizontal position, but even if they could do that, how the heck did they get that thing from the quarry hundreds of miles away uh, to where the pyramids are near, where near the pyramids were in Egypt? It's it, it, it's, it's fascinating. Now a, a little bit about the pyramids. The, the pyramids, uh, most of you probably imagine that they're built with local limestone there in Egypt, which Part of it is, but the base of the pyramid is made of granite, uh, some of it being red granite, again, from hundreds of miles, hundreds of miles away. Now, those of you that watch Indiana Jones and some of those, you know, uh, movies on TV, or if you've even studied ancient e Egyptian, you've heard about hieroglyphics, some of the carvings that are done. Well, it is one, it is several scientists believe now that those carvings are actually newer than the actual thing they were carved onto. So you have these boxes, you have these bowls, uh, these obelisks where the carvings are, are, were obviously carved with some kind of chisel and metal tool, or not metal tool, but you know, kind of a rock tool because they're very crude compared to the technology that actually built the artifact. So what they're thinking happened is that the ancient Egyptians actually discovered these built thousands of years before them, and they actually carved all of it. And I guess when I read that and actually saw it on the video, the first thing I thought of was, oh, that's ancient graffiti. Uh, you know, I recently did an article on how to remove graffiti, and I don't think that's the one graffiti I can remove. So uh, it, it's interesting. It's, it's extremely, extremely interesting. So, you know, basically there's evidence that in ancient 
in ancient Egypt and before ancient Egypt that there was some kind of advanced technology that we just we just don't know about. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's just hard for me to 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 look at some of these 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 boxes and these the buildings, uh, you know, the pyramids and these walls, some of these pits. I mean, all these things I, I saw in these videos, and, and to life of me, think about how could they do this with rock hammers, just banging one rock on the other? You know, some people have said, well, you know, you've got thousands and thousands of slaves. If you know, you give them all a rock and start pounding away, and someone actually did a calculation on that and, and building the pyramids. And I wrote it down. So give me a second here. Look it up. And they said that it would, it would, a rock would have to been actually chiseled, moved, and put in place every two minutes in order for uh, to build the pyramids in the time frame that they were built. And I believe uh, the time frame it took to build some of these pyramids was 20 to 30 years to construct the pyramid from the beginning to the end. So uh, again, it just boggles the mind, you know, how how they did this. Um, there's a theory out there, and you can look this up. Again, I'm not an expert on this, called catastrophism, uh, which simply means that uh, basically some catastrophic event actually wiped out everything on the Earth. In other words, if you follow the dinosaurs, for example, they think an asteroid hit the Earth and wiped off the dinosaurs. Well, there, there's a certain group of scientists that believe what happened is that we had this advanced technology and this catastrophe and, and you know some of the theories are intense solar rays that would just basically vaporize anything on, on the earth and, and they have evidence of it they have evidence showing these scorch marks these burn marks uh where the, it's actually melted the surface of some of this rock granite well those of you that that work in granite uh you know what type of temperatures it takes to actually melt granite but there's some evidence that it actually melted so uh there's some strong evidence that you have this these solar rays that have come in, come onto the earth, you know, way back when that, that caused uh, some of this and wiped out civilizations and civilization had to start all over again. So the, the way I viewed it was that we had this advanced civilization, maybe similar to what we have now. It got wiped off and then the Egyptians picked up after there because of their, their stone carving uh, techniques are, are kind of crude compared to prior to that, that, that Egyptian a dynastic period, which is which is quite interesting. Uh, I mentioned tunnels being you know hundreds of feet deep in the ground, which is interesting because this is these are tunnels carved in the in the bedrock. Uh, hieroglyphics I mentioned. Um, okay, the the if you want to search YouTube like I did, you go to the search engine in YouTube and type in advanced technology of ancient Egypt, and you want to look in particular for one by an individual by the name of Brian Forrester, F O R E S. T-E-R, just, he has a six-hour one. There's some shorter videos there, but it's just some really, really, really interesting, interesting stuff. So anyway, let me go ahead and take a break. I'm going to take a break from the radio show. You'll still see me on the YouTube video here for uh, for, a, for an ad, and then uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit more about the subject, and uh, I'll give out the phone number one more time. If, actually, let me give it out now. It's 323 323- Eight seven zero three nine six eight. That's three two three eight seven zero three nine six eight. And I'll be back right after this. Thank you, Tough Skin, one of our gold sponsors. Marble etches and stains. Tough Skin guarantees it will not. Tough Skin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with a proprietary stone laminate products. 
They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right, it's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and Tough Skin Surface Protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at toughskinprotection.com. That's T-U-F-F skinprotection.com to learn more. All righty, folks, we're back. And again, the phone number is 323-870-3968. And we're talking about uh, technology that uh, we think most make much more advanced back in ancient times. I mean, ancient times being pre-Egyptian dynastic period, which is 12,000 years ago. I don't know about you, but that's a long, 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 long time ago before metal tools were involved, before uh, ancient, uh, you know, a lot of the things we know about when we watch these Egyptian movies, way before that. Uh, Now, some of the other things, and and this is really interesting, too, if you ever have an opportunity to go to Cairo in Egypt, check out the Museum of Cairo. They have these bowls and pots that were made that were just, I mean, just unbelievably perfectly balanced some of them were extremely thin and i i wrote down somewhere i'll have to, have to find it of how thin some of these pots were and can you imagine doing that with with stone tooling it's, it's just impossible now you're going to say well you know that could just be a be a fluke they maybe found one or two no they found thousands i think it was something like 40 or 50 thousands of these pots that were actually carved out uh, somehow and they, and, and they would be difficult to replicate today. That's how well balanced some of the material is. And again, most of these were made in granite. We're not talking a soft material. We're talking a, a very hard, hard granite. And I see Anthony has up uh, watching us on Facebook. Hi, Anthony. We're going to be interviewing him uh, on Friday, so stay tuned for that as well. Um, let me read my notes here. Oh, so these bowls obviously look like they were turned on lathes. Uh, there's there's markings that look like they were made on a modern lathe, but some of these these bowls and, and bosses, if you will, were are thousands of years old. I mean, literally, you know, eight, nine, ten, as far back as twelve thousand years old. It's it, it's just it, it boggles my mind, and if I sound excited about it, that's why because it's just un- unbelievable. Um, I mentioned these large blocks were not only moved from hundreds of miles away into these tunnels, but a lot, some of the work on these boxes, they believe were done uh, in the dark in these tunnels. Well, not necessarily in the dark, but uh, somehow in a tunnel that would have been pitch black if they didn't have lighting and they didn't use torches simply because there's no evidence. When you use a torch in an area like that, you're going to have burn marks, no burn marks whatsoever. So there was some type of artificial lighting that was, or they believe was, was brought into this. So it, it's really, really, really interesting. Now, you guys that do polishing, uh, there's evidence that they had some kind of liquid polish. Now, we go back in history, we know that burlap was used, salt was used, uh, you know, probably some kind of plant material was used to actually rub on the stone uh, to obtain the polish. But Actually, that's not what, what it didn't exist back then. So, you know, they, they don't know. Although they did find areas that were highly polished granite boxes that had some type of drip marks indicating that some kind of liquid dropped down off the top of these boxes. And, and this polish is still there today. And you guys that polish granite 
uh, know how difficult it is uh, to polish granite. So there's evidence of some kind of polishing. Now, what, what intrigues me and what, what's really interesting with all these theories about, you know, there had to be modern technology there, there had to be maybe even electricity. Why is there no evidence of that? You know, we find evidence of the final product, but there's very little evidence. There's one wheel they found made of stone that looks like a, a turbine or some kind of pump wheel or something like that. But it's the only thing that I, I know, based on what I'm reading, uh, that is actually there. So what happened to that? You know, kind of makes you wonder sometimes about was it aliens and they just came down, did all their work and then took their tools back with them. Uh, I don't know. I'm not necessarily a believer in that. Do I believe aliens exist? Probably. But uh, that's for another topic and, and another de- another debate. But, you know, where are those tools? You know, if, if there was lighting in, inside these, where, where are the wires? You know, so it, it, it's a mystery. And hopefully, you know, I'll be alive when they start unraveling some of this mystery and they, they find some, some of these reasons. All right. If you want to call in, uh, 323-870-3968 and Make a comment on this topic because I just think it's fascinating. Uh, if you want to make a comment, which a couple of you have already have, Anthony and Kevin on Facebook here, go ahead and do that as well. Uh, it's just interesting. You know, we've heard of the city of Atlantis. Uh, that is believed to exist by some scientists, others not. Uh, so, you know. Uh, if, oh, by the way, if you want to check out this box, let me hold it up one more time on Facebook. This perfect box believed to be 12,000 years years old, or if you want to check out, you know, the, the, the drill, the core holes. And, and by the way, some of these core holes were humongous. I mean, huge core, core bits that we don't even have today, core bits that, you know, that large. So interesting. But uh, type in this word here. It's called, and I'm probably botching up the pronunciation of this, but it's called the Serapium, S-E-R-A-P-E-U-M. Look up that. That's where that box is found, and you'll you'll actually see all kinds of angles. And again, you can do that on YouTube as well and see some of the uh, see some of the uh, uh, videos that that describe describe that that as well. Um, okay, so let me just look at my notes here and see what else I want to talk about when it comes to this. It's just, I mean, I was frantically writing notes down and and uh, saying, God, this is going to be a, an interesting an interesting topic. I talked about the bowls. Uh, I talked about the the precision. Uh, that they believe some of this stuff had has tooling marks that that you would find today. I mean, the same exact type of tooling marks from large saws, et cetera. There's an excellent book out there if this really tickles your fancy like it does mine. And I'm going to read this book, and I haven't yet, but the book is called Lost Technologies of Ancient Egypt. And it's by Christopher Dunn, D-U-N-N. So you could probably go on Amazon Books or whatever and, and take a look at that. And I'm sure... Uh, you would see that, and somebody mentioned who would leave their tools behind. Not me. <laughs> Love my tools and equipment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would think that too. That uh, why would they leave their tools behind? But if, if they did, where are they? Uh, no one found any 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 tooling at all. So it, it's kind of kind of kind of interesting. Okay, let's see. Uh, that that may be it. I mean, uh, oh, some of the floor panels on, on the bottom of these pyramids weighed in excess of 40 tons. And if you look at them, some of them are so intricately placed that some of you guys out there that install floors, I challenge you to match the accuracy and the precision uh, that they did back then. It's just, it's just incredible. I personally have not been to Egypt yet, and I, I, I never really wanted to go until I t- started researching this. And, boy, I tell you, 
um, it, it's just incredible, just incredible uh, to, to, to see some of this stuff, and especially a trip to the Museum of Cairo, which has a lot of these artifacts, these boxes. Uh, I saw one photograph where they actually uh, – a lot of these boxes, just to give you some background – the lid was actually built out of, out of the same block. So you would have a, one large block and they would cut it. And there are some, some evidence in the quarry where the box is actually made and they started cutting the lid from that block of stone and something happened and the, the lid broke off or part of the lid broke off or whatever. And uh, you could see the saw marks there. And uh, what, maybe what I'll do is I'll post that on, on my Facebook page as, as well. It's just, well, actually it is posted on my Facebook page. It's this photograph here. You see this here? It looks like someone just took a saw blade, a diamond saw blade, and just, you know, cut right through it, and then it stopped right there. And if you were able to see this in person, from what I told you, you can actually see the circular saw marks that exist on, on it. So, you know, how – I mean, I wish I had a time machine. I wish I had a time machine that I could go back and say, okay, you know, let, let's set it for 12,000 years ago and, and, and see how they actually did some of this stuff and some of the tooling. So um, – if this kind of stuff interests you, uh, I highly recommend that you uh, you look at these YouTube videos. And uh, again, I'll, I'll read you what to type in in the YouTube search box where I found all this stuff. And it is um, uh, what's it called? I know I have it written down here somewhere. Advanced technology of ancient Egypt, and it's not only Egypt. You know, you can go to Peru um, and see some stuff there too, as well. But not as far as Egypt. Uh, I have not been there either, but boy, I tell you, it's on my bucket list, and hopefully I live long enough and hope this virus thing is over by then. Maybe the virus wiped them out. <laughs> That's why uh, uh, we, don't, we don't know the history uh, of how they did this. But anyway, um, I think I've got to wrap it up for today, folks. Uh, again, a, a couple of short announcements. Uh, I still have my correspondence classes. I'm offering four correspondence classes now. Uh, the ones I've sold, I'm getting some great feedback from from both people that are beginners as well as advanced advanced guys in the business. So you might want to check that out. Just simply check out my website, stoneforensics.com, or just drop me an email. My email address is fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N, at gmail.com. Again, the, the podcast can be heard on uh, – I actually have it written down here somewhere if I could find the darn thing. Here it is. Blogtalkradio.com backslash drfred, F-R-E-D. That's blogradio.com, drfred. And I think the uh, Facebook, since this is the first time I'm doing the Facebook video, uh, it will also archive this as well. So you'll see it on my page and you just search uh, Stone Forensics. So been a great show, great topic. If you have any comments, feel free to mention them on Facebook. Send me an email, fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N, at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see everybody next week uh, at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time. And I uh, hope you enjoyed this little, uh, you know. All righty, folks, there we go. That was a repeat of that show. We're, we're back live again. I'm going to take a quick break. And uh, if you have any comments or questions, the phone number is 323-870-3968. And I'll be back right after this. Are you looking for quality greenstone working products? ESP sells many lines of fine quality, environmentally safe products. Stone Pro, MB Stone Care, Bondstone and Touchstone Adhesives, more Stone Care products, Easy Care products, and Better Bio, which is over 80% bio-based and approved 
by the USDA. For more info, visit ESPSales.net. That's ESPSales.net. All righty, folks, we're back here live. I, j- I just think that is such an interesting topic and uh, one that I'm going to continue to uh, look at research. And, well, I'm not going to actually do the research, but read about the research anyway. It's just it's just fascinating to me uh, if we'll ever, ever find out what really how, how those pyramids were built and how all those artifacts were, were done. It's just so, so interesting. All righty, folks, I think we're going to wrap things up uh, for this week. Uh, again, if uh, you have any questions at all, uh, not during the show, send me an email, fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com. Uh, once again, the seminar in Vegas, February 7th through 10th, 2022, is filling up really, really quick. I expect to fill it up in the next day or two. So again, I got a couple of spots left. If you want to attend it, please get into me now because the next one won't be for a while. Uh, actually, I don't know when the next one's going to be. I may hold another one in Florida during the summer, but uh, the next one may not be to 2023. So like I said, I only do them a couple of times a year. Alrighty, folks, until uh, next week, uh, keep setting those tiles, fabricating those tops, and polishing the stones. See everybody next week. <laughs>